When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I'm Dr. Damian Gibson, and joining me is the newly knighted, I forgot to tell you this, Matt, you got knighted, oh. uh, Sir of Kayfabe, it's Sir Matthew Kayfabe. Hey, how you going? It's a uh, weird week for me to be Kayfabe, as increasingly I'm bringing less and less Kayfabe to the table. Um, <laughs> we're launching a new segment this week, um, which is exciting. It's bigger than Tony Khan's reveal of who of Kurt Angle on at Revolution tomorrow. It's not Kurt Angle, <laughs> please. Um, no, it's we're launching a behind the behind the behind the TV behind the ring behind the mat not behind the ring behind the ring would still be visible on camera. Um, what's going on backstage <laughs> behind the curtain? That's that's what it is behind Ooh, the can- behind the curtain behind good. the candelabra. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary Spivey's not here, so there's no candle candelabras. On. He definitely has the uh, uh, he definitely has the candelabras about him. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, should we just get straight into this? Let's get into, into it. this episode. Let's get into it. So we started the contest. So I thought we could start with uh, what everyone has come as. Um, I don't mean to be too somber, but. I, I think Mongo's only got a couple more episodes left, so I don't know how many more what we've come as uh, segments there'll be because we're we're about to get into the Tony Skiavone era where it's all very much sports jackets and yeah. ties. So anyway, we'll see. Uh, Eric uh, Eric's come as a an Italian fan of Mussolini, circa nineteen thirty. <laughs> in this, an Italian fan this of those Mussolini fans. Um- yeah, I realised as I was reading the sentence that it was not formed as well as it could have been. But anyway, a fan of Mussolini <laughs> circa 1930. Of course, you'd be in Italy. Like, anyway. Uh, Bobby's come as a chair umpire from the 1987 Wimbledon tournament. Uh, Pepe has come as a Martian from the Tim Burton film Mars Attacks. And uh, Mongo's come as a kiwi fruit. So, everyone's... 
Everyone's uh, up and ready to go. Eric explains that uh, Ric Flair and the Giants. So this is another very WCW booking where it's like, okay, Eric has to get wheel out, <laughs> wheel out a blackboard, <laughs> put some glasses on. Okay, so this is what's happening <laughs> on Nitro today. Uh, Eric explains that uh, Ric Flair and the Giant are taking on Lex and Sting in a tag match, um, and all the belts will be on the line. So that means the the heavyweight title and the tag team titles that are held by Sting and Lex. Whoever pins whoever, like whoever gets pinned, their belt is lost, essentially. Which I like this stipulation, but <laughs> it, it doesn't matter as we'll, we'll get further further on down the, the road. Um, uh, Eric is then uh, hugely transphobic uh, while uh, spoiling WWF. Uh, as Public Enemy are coming to the ring. Um, it's a shock for, for see- 1996 uh, professional wrestling that there would be transphobia. Yeah, it just doesn't... It's a shock when you're sitting in your lounge room and all of a sudden someone starts going, this RuPaul-looking motherfucker on the other <laughs> channel, blah, blah, blah. You're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, Public Enemy coming to the ring. We get some patented white boy uh, rhythm mm. in the audi- audi- in the audience. I mean, this is worse than ECW. This there was a kid right in front of the camera who was literally doing like the inflatable blow up men out the front of a vacuum cleaner superstore. You laugh, but that kid <laughs> grew up to be Little Wayne. Yeah, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. That's where he learned about rap from the Public Enemy. Not from Public now, Enemy, um, the band. I know my direction was to be a bit more uh, loosey-goosey, and we will be, but there was, in the next match, there's so I have so many notes. So just stick with me, and then, then we'll get into more of a conversation uh, afterwards. But there's just so much happening here that I wanted to point out <laughs> before we get into it. Uh, Public Enemy are wrestling, Matt, the... Mm-hmm. American mouse, American mouse. I'll put Mouse. The, I'll put the music. I'll put the the music under underneath. Uh, Eric, Eric mentions Buff for the first time. I think, like this is the first time we hear Buff Bagwell because it's Mark as Alexander Bagwell. But Eric mentions. Oh, Buff. does he really? Like, I missed that. Yeah, it just it just popped out. I was like, oh, that's. So I wonder if that must have been like a backstage nickname that's you know crept into into kayfabe um and that he's in a movie the buff bagwell's just been shooting a movie now um i thought we could walk over to our because as um i've sort of mentioned on a few of the podcasts we've been building a a wrestle wolf library Mm. that's been um, donated by the kayfabe family which is very (laughs) nice so i thought we could walk over to the our our um our database uh, I like to call it the uh, WWMDB, <laughs> Wrestle Wolf Movie Database, and just have a look here at uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell's IMDB page and Ooh. see <laughs> what we've got going on. Now, a lot of wrestling shows, which you would expect, but he was in two films, one called Day of the Warrior mm-hmm. in 1996, and this is the film that Eric is talking about. And uh, do you want to have a guess at what the IMDb... There is no critic rating. No critics went and saw this mm. film, surprisingly. But do you want to have a guess at what the audience rating is on IMDb? Mind you, it's out of 
10. Four. Oh, so close. 3.7. I'm, I'm now on the IMDb. <laughs> I've got to point out that this is rated R for strong sexual content and some violence. Day of the Warrior, lots of sex, little bit of violence. Yeah. Just a good day for the uh, Warrior, the, apparently. If you go and look at um, the poster on, on IMDb, Brother Friends, you will see a woman who is barely wearing a top on the on the front. <laughs> of this uh, of this camera, uh, yeah, three point seven. One thousand and thirty three people have have watched this film. Okay, which is more than I thought it would be. I have to. I haven't read this. I've just started the, the uh, to read it, and I'm going to read it out live on air. So if this is a disaster, mm-hmm. cut it. But the the trivia section of this opens with Marcus Bagwell was so dedicated to the role of the warrior that he lived the part 24-7 while shooting. In fact, he even remained in character (laughs) up to and including the premiere, only answering to the warrior. His tag team partner from WCW, (laughs) Scotty Riggs, cashed in a favour with Bagwell, who got him some minor stunt work on the film. Riggs had to be excused from his stunt duties as he had lost depth perception due to his prolonged use of an eye patch. In order to use the name The Warrior, Marcus Bagwell attempted to convince the WCW wrestler, The Ultimate Warrior, to allow Bagwell to take over the name. He refused, but Bagwell used it anyway. This still is still going. Bagwell has suggested to Sedaris that he have a larger role and even rewrote himself a 150-page draft of a new script. The director rejected the script due to its lack of gratuitous shots of planes taking off and landing. (laughs) Which has to be (laughs) sharp. Bagwell wrote the scripts for a prequel trilogy. As I said, as I said, I didn't read this at the time, but it ends. I think it makes it even better that we realise halfway through that someone someone is writing scripts for us at WWMDB. So he plays the warrior in this, and it's the agency's computer database is compromised by a powerful criminal named the warrior. Now, with the list of all the undercover agents' identities in hand, he is going after them one by one. Yeah, that is um, that is also the exact plot for Mission Impossible mm. 1, by the way. I just want to quickly- Just wanted to point that out, that it had been released, what, three, four years before this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to- I've got to, I went into the parents' guide and under sex and nudity- 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 under sex and nudie, <laughs> it's it's rated as severe. <laughs> According to the first thing, almost every scene has actors in scantily clad clothing or less, deeply exposed cleavages, oh, really? thong bottoms, and crop tops are common, and that's just from Marcus Bagwell. <laughs> Several scenes with at least one actor fully nude. These are all largely (laughs) gratuitous, not pushing the plot forward in any meaningful way. (laughs) Well, I just want to- I was quickly going to jump back into the um, WWMDB here and have a look and see what else we've got. 
I think the only other film he was in Charmed. Remember the show Charmed? I think a bunch of W. I think a bunch of WCW wrestlers were in Char- an episode of Charmed. Uh, yeah, he plays the character uh, Slammer. But there's a um, another film a couple of years later called Lethal, uh, not about Lee Matthews, AFL mm. legend Lee Matthews. Uh, Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beast. Uh, Beach, sorry, where he plays the same character. Oh. So, I think that might be a sequel. It, yeah, it absolutely is. This this fellow, it's written and, <laughs> written and directed by a man named Andy Sidaris, who um, obviously was a visionary. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when I went into his thing, uh, I'm glad I'm not on my work computer because I suspect that his IMDb, he directed an episode of Kojak. Good on him. And that's yeah. the only thing I think I we can assume, mention on this family-friendly podcast. I assume Andy Sedaris is not part of the famous Sedaris family of writers. No, right? probably not. <laughs> um, Imagine if he was well, the black sheep of the family. He was making action movies with <laughs> wrestlers. Uh, but anyway, as we walk out of the uh, WrestleWolf movie database back into the studio- mm. Um, there was, uh, as the American Males, were, the American Males theme is so um, so catchy that even Buff Bagwell was singing it in the ring. There was a close-up shot of him, like, singing along to his own theme song. And um, he really reminded me of David Brent. If David Brent got buff. Yes. <laughs> and was, like, 30, it was 15 years younger. <laughs> If David Brent was a wrestler, it would be Buff Bagwell, right? Yes, that is absolutely right. <laughs> Just it hit me between the eyes last night where I was like, oh my God, he's David Brent. He's the- <laughs> um, yeah, and then you just hear the office music. That's what should happen when Buff Bagwell comes to the ring. The office music <laughs> plays the glad rag, glad bags, handbags, and glad That's, rags. Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> So, while uh, this uneventful match is going on, Bobby tells the story of how Rick and Elizabeth, because we're obsessed with this, uh, how Rick and Elizabeth, who still have Macho Man's credit cards, by the way, it would seem, tipped a waitress $1,500 just to annoy Randy. Surely this is this would be when Randy should call his bank, right? You would think so, but... <laughs> what is going on? Tough luck, Randall. Uh the match ends in a DQ. Public Enemy puts Scotty Riggs through a table, uh, which immediately becomes the Pep Boys Power Pin of the Week. Uh, what do you What do you reckon Pep Boys do? Uh, what would be your guess? I don't know. My mind has been polluted by looking at those that Marcus Alexander Bagwell film. Um, so I don't. I, I don't think I, I can suggest an answer. I uh, I was like, uh, they must be like a pizza place or something, right? It sounds like a kind of you know how we had, like, in Australia, we had, like, wild hogs and places like that? that ho- no, hogs Yeah, I was cafe, thinking sorry. wild hogs is the uh, John wild Travolta movie. Tim Allen movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- you go John Travolta, I go Tim Allen, because you're a big Scientologist and I'm a right-wing I'm, nut job. <laughs> I'm, really a, I'm really a William H. Macy fan in the most confusing... Uh, that was a very confusing role for him to take. Anyway... Yeah. Let's not talk about why. Yeah, hogs. I mean, I am a big fan of his, but- um, You're yeah. a hog guy. You're into the hogs. I love hogs. <laughs> I love them. Can't get enough of them. 
Uh, they're an automotive company. Oh, there you go. Just so everyone knows. Anyone who lives in America probably knows that because I looked them up and they were just essentially like a super cheap auto. Can you can you rent a hog from them? No. <laughs> no, you get tyres for your hog though. They sell hog tyres. That's good. <laughs> Why would you call something like as expensive and impressive, I guess, as a motorbike a hog? It's like, check out my hog. Well, it's also a nickname for a penis. So, it's true. Maybe that's the crossover. It's like, come. Americans love using the term hog for penis. Do so, they really? Uh, well, yeah, the couple of podcasts I listen to do. <laughs> the porn podcast yes, that I listen to. I was about to say, <laughs> a lot of hog chat today. <laughs> That's that's what we should have called this podcast. Hog Keep chat. your hog clean. That's um, my that's my advice to you all. Absolutely. Please. PSA. <laughs> uh, speaking of clean <laughs> hogs, it's time for Mean Gene to og- <laughs> to physically assault, sexually assault some young women uh, and make all of us feel really uncomfortable. Um, we have the drawing of the lethal lottery. Matches which are happening at Slamboree, which is coming up. I really like this gimmick, man. Like, I mean, it's very obvious that it's all kayfabe. But what did you think of what? What did you think of this? Um, look, I I like it. I like any kind of like randomized lottery. I like anything that's exciting. Um, yeah. That used to happen with the Royal Rumble. They used to make you believe that that was what mm. was happening with the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And, and my big complaint, oh, surprise, surprise, we didn't complain about WWE, but my big complaint about the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble now is that almost half of the entrance will be given away before you even get to the get to the match. And I know people will be like, oh, well, it's obvious that Roman Reigns, will, or, you know, Roman Reigns isn't probably, it's obvious that Cesario, Cesaro will be in, um, the Royal Rumble, but I don't want to know that. I just want to know when they're. Yeah, I mean, I think my problem with the Royal Rumble is also the uh, the only thing I really like about the Royal Rumble. Like the Royal Rumble is obviously my favorite thing in WWE, but all I like is the like surprise return of someone, and also the uh, like the thing I hate the most about it is the surprise because how much it relies on the surprise return and like the reality is you just there's not that many good surprise returns left like Kurt Angle's in hmm. AEW as champion <laughs> <Stop> um, <it. laughs> CM Punk's not coming back Stone Cold's not coming back The Rock's not coming back Dave Batista's retired so it's just like hey it's Christian remember when we didn't push him and he left for TNA he's back <laughs> he's older <laughs> I like the really old school Royal Rumble where there was a lot of um, numbered ping pong balls in a in a mm. you know in a lottery cage, and people would have to go and pick out there, and that would be part of the pay per view of like someone would get number one, someone would get number thirty, you know, and they'd be trying to swap with each other. That and revved stuff. your hog, but you don't want. But the <laughs> the whole point is like it, the 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 surprise of who's coming out next is what's. That's that's the point, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what everyone loves yes. about it. Anyway, uh, next up we've got Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Um, any thoughts about this particular match? Um, 
other than the general weekly, uh, you know, this is the best match on the card, more of this, mm. uh, no. Yeah, they just work really well together. Benoit's in really good shape, like even better shape here than we're doing our ECW show at the moment, uh, which we started in 1995, so we're a year before ahead of mm. this point of nitro does that make sense guys but i don't know anyway you'll be able to work it out uh and benoit looks really good in ecw but he looks amazing like, he just looks super fit and stuff which i feel bad saying because we all know why he looks so great but um <laughs> starting to turn into conrad thompson where i'm just saying oh, people should be able to take as many steroids <laughs> as they want <laughs> Uh, Benoit gets the win by using the rope, uh, puts Eddie... I, I didn't mind this because this puts Eddie uh, in dispute with the horseman, which I think will come up at Slamboree because he's teaming with Arn Anderson against Ric Flair and Macho Man, which was, oh, that was what was... Uh, that was the big announcement that Mean Gene had earlier as well, is that Macho Man and Rick are going to have to tag together, which comes up later in the episode. Uh, speaking of Mean Gene, we're back... Uh, this time he back with Mean Gene. He's doing a lot of work on this episode. Mm. I find that the episodes with, that are Mean Gene heavy are better. I feel like they're better structured. He just brings like a sort of gravitas and professionalism to the show that's kind of missing when he's not doing a lot of those you know, cutaways. <laughs> that's interesting. Do you reckon or no? I don't know. I don't. I've, I've never been like. I I need to tune into this show to watch Mean Gene. But uh, I'm now no, gonna I'm now no. gonna notice <laughs> Damo's favorite wrestler, Mean Gene. <laughs> no, but he just he he like this particular thing where it's like you know it feels like it's been thrown together five minutes before the show. It's like a oh, Rob Garner comes out and says that you know Macho Man's on his last legs. Macho Man has to come out and yell at Rob Garner to show that he doesn't care and that he's on the edge and. You know, he'll threaten to take out a, a vice president of WCW. Mean Gene keeps, him, keeps these things puttering along, except when Hulk Hogan's around and they he just sort of takes over. But with, with anyone else, like I noticed with this little promo that Macho Man was starting to get into Hulk Hogan territory and Mean Gene sort of cut in and kept it moving, mm. if that makes sense, like kept the actual scene moving if I, you would talk about it like film criticism but anyway um so that's what happened uh macho has been warned uh macho says he doesn't care uh he started sounding like a, a herald sun reader during the lockdowns in melbourne that he was going to take on city hall and didn't care what people thought uh and uh <laughs> then he threatens rob garner me gene talks him off the ledge eric's really relieved because he genuinely thought that Macho Man was going to kill Rob Garner. So did I. Do we ever see Rob Garner ever again? No, Macho Man <laughs> kills him. Oh, right. He was, <laughs> he's dead. What are you thinking of this Ric Flair Macho Man storyline going into Slambury? I'm pretty ready for it to not be the focus of the show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that. The one thing I will say is, like, there is- some semblance of a story here compared to what we have with Hulk Hogan for the last, what, 14 weeks. Yeah. Like, I think we should say we're recording this on um, the the 7th of September 2021. And at the moment, um, Kurt Angle and Sting are feuding for the AEW title. 
And it just feels a bit like that where there's other stuff going on in the show. Why are, why are you trying to... <laughs> just trying to start a fight, <laughs> I think. Why are you doing this to me? Just because you, like, you know, you don't have to take out all the stuff that's happened to you during the week on me. That's not, <laughs> that's not fair. I didn't have anything to do with it. Um, oh, man, I was so looking forward to talking to you about this match. Meng versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric finally, during this match, Eric finally brings up something that we've never spoken about on this country and, I, and on this podcast about our country. And I feel like as representatives of Australia, it's probably time that we did talk about it. The fact that every time Meng flies into to Australia for the Byron Blues Fest that we have to shut down as a country. And it's really something that... Um, you know, it affects everybody. I mean, there's 25 million people who live in this country, and it's a big deal. Every time Meng appears to check out his beloved Blues or uh, in the AFL or, or to check out a, a Sharks game with Prime Minister Scott Morrison, we have to shut down because we're all so terrified of him. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he said on commentary, Eric Bischoff goes, uh, Meng isn't even allowed in Japan. Australia are terrified of him. They shut down every time he's in the vicinity. In the vicinity? Didn't you hear that on commentary? Yeah. Like, Meng's in Indonesia. Shut it down. And he just loves Australia as well. That's what I was saying. You know, he's down here for but the Byron Blues Fest. Uh, you know, he, he you know loves going and watching the blues or the sharks. You know, he just can't get, can't get enough of Australian culture. <laughs> He loves a drive down the Great Ocean Road to check out the Twelve Apostles in the middle of winter, you know. Heads off to the Apollo Bay, Apollo Bay pub and has a counter meal. He just can't can't get enough. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't pick I, up I on that. I, it, on it stood out like dog's balls where I was like, what? We- <laughs> Hang on. How much time are you spending looking at dog's balls? <laughs> That's the point. They stand out. It's just you know. You're like, oh, look, look at your look at your dog's hogging balls. <laughs> just- <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my dog. I called him hogging balls. <laughs> this is why we record also these my- podcasts remotely because you're just so deeply unpleasant. <laughs> Can't bring my dog. You're like, where's your dog's balls? I'm like, he's he's neutered. He's it's responsible pet ownership, Damon. You're like, would have loved to see him with balls though. Damien, like, stop it. <laughs> You know, like they're obvious when they're, when they're there. They're obvious when they're not. <laughs> it's, a- <laughs> uh, it's also my favourite uh, ice cream producer, Hog and Balls. <laughs> <laughs> so I've asked around, Matt, just for you, because I know how much you love um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and I found out why he carries a two-by-four around with him. Mm. Do you want to know? Yes. So, supposedly, it was because when he first started in wrestling, the crowds were so wild that uh, Bruiser Brody told him to take a weapon out to the ring to protect himself from us dangerous marks. There you go. That's pretty interesting. And Jim Duggan mm. better, better still be carrying that because I'm coming for him. <laughs> when we open back up, when Men gets out of the vicinity... That's why we've shut down as a country. It's got nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's that Meng's in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, people, We're all terrified that people, he's going to come over. People complaining <laughs> about lockdowns and stuff. Like, we've been doing it for years. Decades. Yeah. Oh, since 1996. 
<laughs> you better watch out if you're going after Duggan that he doesn't tape up his hand uh, because he does that again. The magic tape helps him knock out the hardest man in wrestling history with one punch. <laughs> the ref then looks at Duggan's taped up hand and goes, all good, Duggan gets the win. <laughs> There's no rules in this match whatsoever. Like, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I, mean, but anyway. I just want to um, be clear that I did not reference the fact that you referred to Meng as the hardest man in wrestling. He, that's in outside of kayfabe. Like, if we just drop kayfabe for a second, that's the, I'm not gonna that's drop the story, right? the hardest man in wrestling, just to be clear. That's, I don't mean, the t- all right, the toughest man in wrestling. <laughs> very erection focused today, Damien. Very erection focused. This is getting yeah, very Freudian. Well, it is very Freudian. Lucky, lucky, luckily we don't have any, uh, any sister friends listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely don't. <laughs> um... We're back to Mean Gene, who's still being gross with these young women. There's a moment here where he's like, what are you two young ladies doing this evening? They're like, hanging out with you, Mean Gene. I was like, oh, God. Um, uh, more envelopes are opened. Uh, we find out that uh, Regal and the Belfast Bruiser are going to be paired together. So that's weird. Um and now we're at your main event, ladies and gentlemen. Rick comes out and flirts with Deborah McMichael. This is obviously leading to Mongo having some sort of feud with Rick at some point. Uh, Macho appears, tries to attack Rick, uh, gets arrested by the real cops this time. I don't mind this bit. I was like, oh, at least, at least in this episode, they're trying, they're escalating Macho's behavior to be erratic, mm. you know. But it also is like. If this is, it's one of those things where it happens every now and then where a wrestler gets arrested for like trying to attack another wrestler. And you're like, oh, hang on, that's the whole show, right? Like, <laughs> like it happened with Vince. I remember like three, four years ago on Raw, like Vince got arrested because he ordered for some wrestler to attack another wrestler and then he went to jail on Raw and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it was like, but he's done that. Thousands of times. <laughs> like, I don't, why is this particular? Anyway, um, Rick then goes straight back to Deborah and starts flirting again, which I thought was pretty great. Uh, Eric drops that the Detroit Lions are scouting the Giant. So, Detroit Lions are an NFL team. Um, anyone who's seen the Giant or Big Show or Paul White walk will know that there's no fucking way in hell that an NFL team. <laughs> I'm looking for someone who has a gait like the giant. Well, you're not a you're not an NFL scout and you show once again why not. <laughs> so you would you'd be be shocked if he wasn't on their radar. Yeah. As a as a running as a running back, right? Yep. As whatever that <laughs> might be. <laughs> uh woman gives Ric Flair now, look. This, you're, you're an expert in this field. Woman gives Ric Flair a hot coffee. Yes. Uh, who wants to throw it in Sting's face and Sting ducks out of the way and it, it goes in the giant's face. How hot do you think this coffee was by the time Woman gave it to Ric? Uh, not hot enough to, to scald. Um, this is the thing, right? Like, she's got her two shoes on. The most powerful weapon in WCW is Doss Shoe from 
a uh, from a, a woman. Um, yeah. Why wouldn't she give him a shoe to strike him, to strike it upon his opponent's skull? Mm. Lay it waste. Sure. Coffee. Coffee seems to be the order of it's the day. Cold coffee with woman at the moment. It's cold coffee. <laughs> like maybe the giant just doesn't like caffeine or is lactose intolerant. But it was a black. It was black coffee. There was no yeah, milk. Okay, that's problematic. And for it to be scalding hot, imagine that if they, were, if they stopped to put milk in their scalding <laughs> hot coffee to throw on the face of Sting. <laughs> and Sting was like, sorry! <laughs> I told you guys a hundred times, almond milk. I've got a lactose problem. <laughs> Fuck, they're disrespectful, those horsemen. They fucking are. They don't give a shit. They're old school. They're like boomers. They're like, oh, just drink the milk. Um... Giant gets very angry. Uh, I did like the giant swinging, you know, like showing that he couldn't see anything but was just wildly swinging <laughs> through the ring. That made me laugh. Uh, he gets angry. He wants to fight Rick for the heavyweight belt. Rick pops up again. Guess where? At the comm desk. Still doesn't understand how anything works. He's just screaming into a headset. Me too. <laughs> They've turned him down. Then they turn him back up again. Um is there, like, I'm not trying to be a dick. Is there, like, a recorded history of Rick having, like, really bad alcohol and drug problems around this time? Because I can't understand a word that he's saying when he's cutting a promo. I believe he might have had uh, some issues with alcohol for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's well documented. But is this the is this the... The lowest point. I'm genuinely having, like, I do, when he cuts a promo, it's like, I think he's angry at the giant and he's going to the belt next Monday. I don't know. Am I being harsh or do you, like, are you sitting there going, mm -hmm, I understand every word of what he just said? Yeah, no, it's, it's all, it all I makes don't. perfect sense to me. I don't know what you're, what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a heavyweight championship match happening on Nitro next week. So Eric's just giving it away again to, Try and sink raw. And um, do you reckon Mongo really cracked the shits at the end here? Because Eric's like, uh, I know you got a lot to say, Mongo, but we're running out of time. So we'll be back next week. And and uh, Mongo takes his headset off and actually like throws it on the desk where it looked genuinely like he had cracked the shits. I don't know. <laughs> I was so, I was like just so confused by this whole thing. At this point, like this might be the <laughs> like, this might be a bit of the path towards Mongo becoming a four horse fellow. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's that old trope of like uh, your enemy flirts with your wife. Uh, you know, you have a, a long wrestling feud, and then you end up joining his team. As always, yeah. That's uh, that's how this podcast started. It's in the Odyssey. <laughs> It is in the Odyssey. You're right. It's, that's where it was. One, I knew it was some, from something. It's one of the original archetypes, story archetypes. Do you, do you want to hear what was happening outside the ring at this point? Yeah. Are we are we going into Meltzer We're going land? into Meltzer land. Uh, Have you pre-read this for yeah, I've, I've, grammatical and spelling I've errors? I've pre-read this. I had to because otherwise <laughs> I'd be telling you what happened in house shows. Um, the... Uh, there was a there was a house show where Hogan and the Booty Man were booed out in Cleveland. Uh, there was talk about turning Hulk Hogan heel. That's never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> what a stupid idea! Hogan that is. and Booty 
then both no-showed a Saturday night taping, which was good. Hogan's going to be out of that, has a movie deal, and he's going to be out of action until August. Um, he was supposed to he was supposed to do an injury angle, but he didn't. Um, so that was last week. That's he won that handicap match, uh, and yeah. you know, no sold. Um, no sold the Giants choke slam, oh, which so was great. In so in that match, he was meant to be injured. And- yeah. The, uh, so And then what, he just turned around and went, nah, I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, and so anyway, Hogan's not going to be around for some time, um, <laughs> which is good, I guess. Uh, yeah. Oh, it is the, great. It's great. The, uh, there's talk behind the scenes of Nitro going to two hours every Monday night. Uh, Don't do it. <laughs> the, uh, the hour would be in place if Thunder in Paradise. Uh Lanny Poffo is rumoured, is in fact pretty much a sure thing to come in with a Gorgeous George gimmick. I remember Gorgeous George in WCW and it was Nat Lanny Poffo. I don't, <laughs> at least I don't think so. Um, it's 99% sure that WCW will be moving its base of operations from Atlanta to Orlando and become a part of one of the theme parks. Uh, yeah. A li- well, that... that- that does happen. The uh, right. uh, I don't know about that. I don't think so. Not for a long time. Yeah, they they start filming at um, Disney World in like a couple of months' time. Oh. Well, anyway, so there you go. Um, Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth, wound up with a raise. There's no no nothing on that. Tony Schiavone's Schiavone's got a two year contract. Um, a new right. two year contract. Uh. And Eric Bischoff's talking about Kevin Nash, who's been saying that he's been uh, he's been signed to WCW for a uh, three year deal for seven hundred and eighty thousand per year. Eric Bischoff says uh, that that's not true, and further that he has no deal with Nash. And that's what's going on outside the ring. Yeah, wow. Do you reckon they actually had the? It's it's funny how Meltzer's pretty spot on with all of that, man. Like, he cops a lot of shit for, mm. you know, especially from the wrestling industry. Like, the, he's a liar. He makes stuff up. Blah, blah. I mean, Conrad Thompson has a industry of podcasts where old dudes come on and just basically <laughs> say that Dave, Dave Meltzer's full of shit. Mm. And all of that is pretty spot on, right? Like, there's not really anything there that... I mean, it, the Kevin Nash thing, if he's wrong at this particular point in time... He's going to be correct in three months' time. Yeah. So, you know, he's getting- I wonder where he gets that info from. I don't know, but it is it is uh, very interesting. Um, I assume the boys talk to him, as they say. Some of yeah. the boys. Um, but then, like, then, you know, why- I mean, Eric especially, and I love Eric, and I do like 83 mm. Weeks. It, it, like, if you're into WCW, 83 Weeks is a really- interesting uh podcast to, to listen mm. to but eric hates dave melts <laughs> like and we'll literally basically i know it's probably a bit of a gimmick but we'll literally just say that don't pay any attention to dave melts everything he says is completely incorrect but it's obviously <laughs> not <laughs> you know it's obviously pretty spot on well, for this week in wcw it is anyway yeah, so we'll see how that goes yeah, that's intriguing. Um, it's fascinating. And shall we switch over the channel and see what's going on in on Raw? 
Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, Mankind defeats Aldo Montoya, who's just incredible, just so you know. Uh, the Godwins defeat Yoshihiro Tajiri and Ken Patterson. I don't mm. know who Ken Patterson is. Uh, Vader defeats Fatu. That's pre. That's yeah. pre Rikishi. Rikishi. And uh, Goldust defeats Savio Vega to win the WWF Intercontinental Championship. What do you think? Yeah, what are you watching? Yeah, it's it's not a great car. I'd be watching WCW. That's uh probably a uh for the second week running. Uh, Raw has beaten WCW three point three to two point seven. It's a significant victory. Raw won. Yep. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, it's not as bad as they're going to get. Raw's Raw's a few weeks away from having an enormous ratings victory, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, right. No, there's not really anything. I mean, there, I wouldn't. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing on that card that interests me at all. There you go. I mean, I I like just the idea of mankind is uh exciting to me. Oh, mankind. Yeah, I suppose. Um. Yeah, but if you've got Eddie Guerrero, uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit on the other channel, then I'm definitely going to watch yeah. that. It's Macho Man and Ric Flair and I don't know. Yeah, I would just – the names would draw me in with WCW. Mm. Um, but, yeah, um, well, I think that pretty much covers everything uh, that we needed to get through. Uh, we've got through all our hog talk, our WWMDB talk. Um uh, if you're enjoying this, uh, subscribe to the channel. You'll get all of our shows. So that's our AEW show, WCW, ECW. Uh, looks like NWA are back again. <laughs> so maybe we'll have maybe we'll have uh, the NWO power NWA power show. Um, we'll be back. Um, a lot of you guys listen to that, so I really appreciate that. But. Uh, yeah, we'll see. It's Billy Corgan and Nick Elder, so fucking anything could happen. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, tell your friends about it. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a big week of AW this week, so hopefully we can get together and chat about that. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be happy to talk about the fact that it was Kurt Angle that <laughs> <laughs> was the surprise entrance, and, uh, and I'll be. Uh, listening to My Chemical Romance, crying about the fact that it wasn't CM Punk. Um, I mean, that's just a usual Thursday night for me anyway. (laughs) But uh, until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. Fuck you, fans. (laughs) I like it. I like it.